0: do your days sometimes feel frazzled and chaotic do you want to implement a little something into your day that doesn't take a lot of time but that adds a little bit of peace and play we are all about giving you tools to do just that peace and play is the name of the game around here we have a devotional for you that is totally free just go to 20daysoflettering.com and you can print out this 20 days of lettering and devotion workbook 20 Days of Devotions that focus on God's Word. That's the part that's going to insert a little piece into your day. And then there's a lettering traceable on each page that you can grab a marker and trace over for a little fun art play. Use the blank space to either journal or practice your lettering a little more. Print as many as you like and have fun. Just go to 20daysoflettering.com. That's two zero, 20daysoflettering.com. Hey, hey y'all, this is Casey Hope from the Here's Hope podcast. And I've got a question for you. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of something? And you thought, Why am I here? Like you were in the middle of something that you should not be doing, you are not equipped for doing, and you are thinking, Who in the world talked me into this? This is not my cup of tea. This is not something I even like. I don't know how I got here. Well, chances are you probably have. You've probably been in the middle of a situation and thought, what am I doing here? I do not belong and I am not equipped. I know I have felt like that many a time. And actually, when I think of that, there is a funny family story that we have <laughs> that just makes me giggle when I think about it. My brother is a, you may have heard if you've listened to the podcast that i recorded with him, but he is in the fitness industry, uh, sports and and fitness. And my sister-in-law is very, his wife, Fawn, she is very different from that. (laughs) She is awesome, but she is not in the sports world. She didn't know a whole lot about football at all before she started, you know, dating Zach years back. And even now, you know, she doesn't know as much as you would think that she does. She is very into fashion. She is just a fun, girly girl. Uh, And she's just very different than my brother as far as the sports world goes. You know, he knows all the lingo. She, not so much. Well, Zach, my brother, he was working for a company. I'm not going to remember all the details. I'll remember the funny details, but I'll remember all of the details. But he was working for a company, and they were hosting Some people from Argentina, they were going to fly over and kind of be trained on this sports methodology type stuff. And they said that they might need a translator, that this guy would talk some English, but they, they might need a translator. And my brother just volunteered for him. Oh, my wife, she grew up in Honduras. She speaks Spanish. Now, mind you, she had not been there in years and years and years. She had not spoken the language in 10 years. And this particular dialect was even a different dialect that she was familiar with. But he just volunteers her up. Yeah, you know, he thinks we we can use a little extra money. Sure, Fawn will do it. No problem. He comes home. He tells Fawn. Fawn is like, what have you signed me up for? Like, seriously, what have you signed me up for? There is this fancy person flying all the way over here to learn this stuff about sports methodology that I know nothing about. And I am supposed to be his translator in a language that I have not spoken in over 10 years. (laughs) And so she was so mad at him. And he was like, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And to hear her retell the story is one of the most funny things because, you know, she goes in, she tries to remain professional. She realizes really quick that they cannot understand each other. This man who is supposed to know a little English knows no English. She, who is supposed to be the translator, is not so good on her translating skills. So she starts acting out whatever she feels like she's supposed to act out. I mean, she's doing lunges and squats and trying to teach this Sports methodology to this man who was looking at her like, What is this little diva who cannot speak my language trying to tell me? And she had to do it for hours and hours. She had to struggle to convey (laughs) this whole sports. I don't even know what that she was doing, but she had to do squats and lunges and pretend like she knew how to use the equipment and pretend like she knew the, the language. And there was clearly clearly a language gap there and it just tickles me so much because she is like what has that gotten me into why in the world would he just volunteer me for this without even asking but you know it all worked out and it's a funny story in the end and it makes me laugh every time I think of Zach just throwing her into that situation and her trying to be super professional when inside she is dying and thinking I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) but uh but anyway just kind of funny but also it's like I feel like we've all been maybe not in situations quite that extreme, but we have all found ourselves in spots where we are like, we don't belong here. And even more so, y'all, I feel like not only do we find ourselves in spots like that, but oftentimes... God calls us to those places. I have seen that multiple times throughout Scripture where God calls people to places that they do not feel equipped for. Have you ever had that in your own life where you feel like God is calling you to a Maybe a ministry or a new job or a new path, or maybe there's just this prompting on your heart that you feel like God wants you to do X, Y, and Z, but you were like, but I am so not equipped. Like maybe he's putting that on my heart for me to tell somebody else to do, because surely that's not for me. I am not the person for that job. I do not have the skills. I just think it maybe should be done. (laughs) There is this pull from God, yes, but I don't really know why there's this pull from God because surely it's not for me. (laughs) I've been there. I have been there so many times. We see it throughout scripture that God does this, but one of the passages that has always meant the most to me or kind of hit home the most to me was in Exodus, when the Lord calls Moses to approach Pharaoh. And Moses was full of arguments as to why he should not be the one to do this job. I've got my Bible right here in front of me. So let me look, Exodus 3, 10. He says, you know, come, I will send you to the Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I? Do we find our own self saying that? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to do this, God? I am nobody special. I am not somebody with authority. I don't have a position to where anybody's going to listen to me. Who am I? We say that all the time. (laughs) You will catch yourself if you pay attention. A lot of times that excuse of, well, who am I comes up. But I love what God says. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he says, I will be with you. And then he starts to say, and here's a sign that I'll, you know, I'll give you this. But what I love is the response to that is, It doesn't matter who you are. It does not matter who you are. It's who I am, God says. Don't worry about who you are. It's who I am. I am the God who is calling you. So yeah, who are you? It don't matter who you are. (laughs) Who am I? The God who is calling you. I am enough. I have the authority. And I just, I love that, that one little thing. And then you see, he says, he gives excuse after excuse and God has given him all kinds of signs, Um, you know, giving him things that, you know, Hey, you know, do this, do this. They're going to believe you. Don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. And then it's almost as if everything that God is telling Moses, he just doesn't want to hear it. It's almost as if really he just doesn't want to do it. So he just says, you know what? I am not eloquent. This is Exodus 4, verse 10. Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And I love what God says back to him. Okay, because you hear this. He's already kind of said, who am I? I'm a nobody. And God is like, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. I'm God. And then he starts to list the reasons he should not be the one to go and speak. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And I love God's response. It says, who has made man's mouth? I just think I have that in my Bible journal that says, who made your mouth? You know, I just kind of like slanged it up a little bit. Who made your mouth? Why are you telling God, hey, my speech is not good enough. And God is saying, Who made your mouth? You often might be throwing up my XYZ is not good enough. My art is not good enough to lead a Bible journaling small group. And He's like, Oh, uh, I think I can, I think I can handle that. My um organizational skills are not good enough to do this. We can give God so many excuses. And he's like, Uh, no, like I, I <laughs> who made you? I got this for years. One of the reasons that this really this whole passage hits home so much to me is because for years, I felt God leading me towards speaking. And I felt like I gave these exact same excuses to God. I feel like that's why it's it hits home to me so much. But for years and years, I mean, I, I'll go back probably seven or eight years. I felt the Lord, a strong pull saying, use your mouth, use your mouth. I felt like God was telling me that. Now, this was not a desire in me. This is not something I was wanting to do. It was something I very much felt like was a word from God, Him telling me to use my mouth. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I I don't really, I don't have anything to say. But, you know, it was one of those things where God said, and I'm going to butcher this a little bit. My pastor says something like, you know, trying to tell people about God without you know, you telling people about God without using actual words is like giving somebody your phone number without giving them the digits, you know? Like you've got to use words. Oftentimes it's almost cliche to say, you know, people will, you know, see Jesus just through the way you lived. Well, yeah, they might see that you're different. They might see that you're full of joy, but if you don't use your words to tell people why you're full of joy or why you have peace in the middle of a really hard circumstance, then they're not going to know that that's from Jesus. And so I was feeling this strong pull that like, hey, you need to open your mouth. It's not good enough just to be kind to other people and just to be loving. I want you to use your mouth, Casey, to tell people where that hope comes from. And so I heard God saying this to me, but I felt like, what do you mean, God? Like on a stage? Surely not that. Because I remember watching at a Christian conference, there was a speaker and like one that I very much looked up to. And at the same time that I was feeling God pulling me to use my mouth and to speak, I would watch her and I would think, there is no way. God is wanting me to do this because she spoke for hours and hours. It was like a multi-session thing and, and when captivating and held everybody's attention and, and spoke and then you would break and then you would go to lunch and then come back and she would speak some more. And I literally, to God, have said this for years, God, all I've got is five minutes That's all the words that I have in my mouth. (laughs) I only have enough thought for about five minutes. Every devotion I would plan, every try to be talk I would do, everything was like five minutes. So I was like, there's no way you are wanting me to speak when all I've got is five minutes. Uh, but anyway, uh, God can use anything, even, you know, even five minutes. Uh, but I just, you know, I was giving God all the excuses. Who am I? What am I going to say? I'm not good at this. And you might be doing that too with whatever that little prompting that you have felt from God. And maybe it's buried. Maybe it's like you, me. Maybe it's from seven or eight years ago and it's buried down there. And You've been given excuse after excuse after excuse it's almost like we think that we can do to God what our kids do to us. You know, currently my daughter, she is petitioning to get a certain social media app that I really don't want her to get. Now she is telling me she is making her case for why she should get it. She is telling me all the people who have it. She is pulling up articles online about all the safeguards that we can put on it. She is pulling up different apps that we can, you can install this if you want to, this will attract, you know, this, this, and this. She then offers to, why don't we just put it on your phone, mom? And then I'll just use it on your phone. And you'll be able to see it. It's like if she, she's thinking, if she can talk long enough and give me enough reasons then I'm going to change my mind. And then she will get her way. She thinks this because, well, because it's happened before. (laughs) I'm not a perfect parent. She has talked me into things before where at first I was like, "Ah, I don't know. But if she talks long enough and gives me enough reasons and excuses, sometimes I change my mind. But that is not how it is with God. All those excuses that we give him, that I give him, that you give him, that we see that Moses was giving him, all those excuses, but he's still replying back. When we say, you know, who am I? <laughs> he was like, it don't matter who you are. I'm a big God and it matters who I am. When we say, you know, Exodus 4, but what if they don't listen? He says, I'll take care of that, but I'm not good with my mouth. Exodus 4:11 says, who made your mouth? <laughs> and then in verse 12, it says, now go, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. I love that because he's saying go. He doesn't say here is what you're going to say. He doesn't give the whole outline, the whole plan, the whole everything, and then say go. He says go first, and he tells him, I'm going to be with you, and I'll teach you. Sounds like he's going to teach him as he goes. It's not all laid out there beforehand. So if you are in the middle. Of giving all these excuses to God, of all the reasons you are not equipped and that you don't want to do something. Just three little takeaways from this passage. Number one, it is not about you. It's not about you. When you can take that focus off of yourself, you are going to do everything so much better. When you are in front of a crowd, And you can take the focus off of like, remember that don't nobody care exactly what you look like or what your clothes are or what your hair is doing. Nobody cares about that. You are there to serve that audience, to teach them whatever it is that you're teaching them. When you can remember that it's not about you, but it's about the God inside of you, that is going to free up just all the things that we can be self-conscious about. Number two, God will be with you. God will be with you. He is with us. You are not doing it alone. Number three, He will teach you as you go. I have seen this firsthand. I've taken these baby little steps towards what I feel like He's calling me to do. And each little bit, I'm learning a little bit more along the way. Very few times, like we said before, does He lay it all out at once? We have to take these small steps of obedience towards what He is asking. And as we go, the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need. If you're listening to this podcast, you are witnessing one of my own steps of obedience towards this towards this pull or call or whatever you want to call it when God says open your mouth. And for years I said all I've got is 5 minutes. And so you know what? That started with just 5 minutes devotionals inside of our whatever letter club. <laughs> that's what it was. 5 little minutes. That's it. It's all I got, God. And then you know, one thing led to another. I'll tell you one really cool thing, and you're going to get to meet this uh, guest next week. One cool thing is I, there was a girl who I loved listening to her speak. I thought that she could deliver a message in a powerful way. And I thought, man, I would love to, I would love to learn how to, to speak from her. I told her, and I'm going to share more about this on the podcast that you're going to hear next week. So I don't want to give it all away right now. But the cool thing is that God led me in a really cool way to be able to learn to speak from her. But it was one of those absolute God appointed things that he gave me the desire to learn from her before I even knew that she was teaching people. And so when it says, you know, the Holy Spirit will teach you along the way. You know, God uses, yes, the Holy Spirit, but He also uses other people. And so those tools and resources and skills that maybe you don't have yet, just keep your eyes open to who God might put in your path that can teach you those exact things. So I'm just going to uh, just kind of close out today with just a word of encouragement. Because I do believe that God has got something for you to do. You know, I believe he, we are co-workers with God. We are not just sideline spectators. And when He puts a prompting onto you, oftentimes you are not going to feel equipped. But just remember, it's not about you. It's about the God inside of you. He will be with you and He will teach you as you go. Hey guys, if you have heard us speaking about our Bible journaling for leaders, we are super excited to be so close to that being completely finished. So we would love for you to, if you have been feeling the pull to lead a small group of women in Bible journaling, just a way to connect art and scripture, We are working on some resources that you can use. You can just basically hit play. We will have a video devotional, a video Bible journaling techniques. We will have things that you can print out, all that you need to get started with a Bible journaling small group. So if you are interested in that, text the word Bible to 1-334-249-1818, and we would love to connect you with some things that could help. All right, y'all. See ya, see ya.